0: Welcome back to the Baseball Plug. I'm your host, Micah Fleischman. Alongside me is my co-host and good friend, Nicholas Bear. Nick, how's it going? I'm doing well today, Micah. How are you doing today? I'm all right. I just watched a controversial ending to the Packers-Bucks game. But anyway, let's talk some baseball, Nick. The baseball moves are happening. The Blue Jays, they're making the moves. Michael Brantley is a trickster and our NL Central wish list. Let's dive in. First things first, the Blue Jays signed two very big pieces, the first of which, Nick, was Kirby Yates. They inked him to a one-year, $5.5 million deal. This is a small deal for a short amount of time for a guy who led the league in saves only a year ago. He had an injury plague 2020, but this bullpen needed help, and they went out and got a very good closure.
1: Oh, they certainly did. This we even talked about this when we talked about the uh AL East wish list. We talked that the the uh Blue Jays needed more pitching and specifically they look really, really bad in the bullpen and they went out and got Kirby Yates on a fairly cheap deal. One year five point five million dollar deal. Great deal for a guy that in 2019 had 41 saves and was ninth in Cy Young voting. Of course, he was a little hurt last year, and he didn't play that well in the shortened season. But I think this is a relative steal for the Blue Jays, and I think this is going to help them a lot.
0: Yeah, Yates has just been good over the past three ish years while he was with the Padres. In twenty seventeen a three seven two ERA and then twenty eighteen he really hit a sweet spot, a two one four, and then in twenty nineteen he was unhittable, as we mentioned, ninth in the Cy Young Award winning conversation with a one point one nine ERA. Obviously an injury play twenty twenty. But when Kirby Yates is right, he's one of the best in the league. Would you agree?
1: Oh, 100%. When Kirby Yates is healthy, he is right up there. I would still put Liam Hendricks uh, in front of him, but I think he could definitely – he could be right up there with Liam Hendricks. You can make an argument that he could be better than Liam Hendricks. I would just personally add Liam Hendricks in front of him.
0: Yeah, Yates is just – he's good, and I feel like we say this a lot about guys, but the reliever market isn't – it's a big market. But pitchers are so fragile, especially relievers. One year, they have a great year. The next year, it's maybe a little bit different. And Yates is a guy that they have for one year, as, as you mentioned, a cheap deal. So if they get good Kirby Yates, that's great. If they get mediocre Kirby Yates, well, it's only a $5 million deal. And if they get bad Kirby Yates, well, they only have them for a year. So I, this is a very low risk, extremely high reward. I really thought Yates was going to get a bigger deal. And let me tell you something, this Padres team is looking very bad in the bullpen. Obviously, they have Drew Pomeranz, but they're letting Yates walk. And there are some weaknesses on this team that need to be addressed.
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, we t- when we talked about the Blue Jays last, we couldn't really name a pitcher outside of Anjan Ryu. Now we can at least name Kirby Yates. They still got a lot of work to do with their starting rotation. And besides Kirby Yates, they still don't have anyone else in the bullpen that we can really count on. But this is a good first step for sure for a team that's looking to win while they're still a relatively young team when you look at their offense. But I think this is a huge step in the right direction for them.
0: A guy that was sort of a breakout star, if you want to go that route, in 2021 was Rafael Dolis. He kind of came out of nowhere. In 2011, 2012, and 2013, he was with the Cubs. In those three years, he pitched in 40 games, but 34 of those games appeared in 2012. So from 2013 going to 2019, he did not pitch in a Major League Baseball game came up with the Blue Jays in 2020, and, well, he shoved a 1.50 ERA. He went 2-2, two and two, which, I mean, doesn't really matter, but a 1.50 ERA in 24 games and an ERA plus of 296. He was a very good closer. Obviously, I don't think he's a closer. I, I think he's a good eighth-inning guy. He could be a very good seventh-inning guy. But if they can find these little hidden gems in Toronto, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's
1: gonna to mean a lot for this team. 100 percent I mean this I don't want to say they have great pitching yet because they don't but this probably makes the Blue Jays possibly the third best team in the AL behind the Yankees and the White Sox I really do think so I think the Blue Jays are the third best team in the American League right now as it stands the AL East is going to be a lot
0: of fun I mean the Rays obviously we know they got a lot worse but they're the Rays. You you really never know what can happen with that team. That you was. can't count them out. You can never count a team like the Rays out. They were a team that no one was really expecting to be, you know, better than the Yankees. We thought the it was the Yankees' division to lose, and, well, they lost it to the Rays, and they were very good. They obviously went to the World Series. The Blue Jays are good. They have a lot of youth. They have a couple veterans in there. And, and this team is good. This team is nasty, and the AL is going to be a lot of fun this year.
1: I yeah the I mean you got the Blue Jays, the Rays and the Yankees all in the same division that could all potentially make the playoffs. I I personally still think the Yankees are obviously the division favorites and I know we'll get to them a little later in the show, but I do believe that those three teams are going to keep it relatively close until the end of the year, but we could see the Yankees win the division. And then we could also see the Blue Jays and the Rays make it in the wild card out of the ALE. So that's pretty fun.
0: Yeah, I think the Blue Jays improved their chances with not only signing Kirby Yates, but inking George Springer to a six-year $150 million deal that is $25 million AAV or average annual value. That is $10 million more than DJ LMAHU for the same contract length. And although I understand that Springer is younger than LeMahieu, he's not younger by three, four years. It's a two-year difference. Springer is he's a good player. I, his best season was in 2017. Allegedly, that's when the cheating started in Houston. We don't know how long it went on for. I, I do think Springer is a good player, regardless of cheating or not. Obviously, that, that's going to be a smudge on his resume going forward. But I don't understand why he would, why Toronto would offer him a contract this big. I get it; you want to go out and get your guy, and maybe that's the the tax you have to pay to go and play in another country. But twenty five million dollars, I I don't think it's to buy a Yankee fan in me. I think LeMahieu is a better player than Springer.
1: Oh, I totally agree with you. I believe LeMahieu is the better player. Offensively and defensively. Defensively, especially, uh, Springer has gotten a lot worse in the past couple of years. But what I will say is that although um, the the Astros did cheat in twenty seventeen, what Springer still brings to the team is championship experience. Whether whether or not we believe they cheated, whether or not we believe it really affected it. He still brings championship uh, caliber experience to the team, still brings playoff experience. He's been around guys like Justin Verlander and Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve. I mean, those are still guys you'd want to be around if you're going on to a young team. But yes, the Blue Jays may have overspent by, I don't know, 30 or 40 million dollars. Yeah,
0: uh, you talked about Springer's playoff experience. Let me let me read you off some numbers. In 63 postseason games, he has 19 home runs, a 900 OPS, and a 350 on-base percentage. So maybe they pay a little bit extra for, the, for those great postseason numbers. I don't know. Still an overpay regardless, in my opinion. But I guess this is—I mean, it's a good move to get Springer. Don't get me wrong, he's a good player. I think this may bite you in that fifth or sixth year because 25 million a year for a guy who's going to age, man, we don't know. It's interesting.
1: 100%. I don't think Springer's going to be a guy that ages too well. I think he's going to be a great teammate, though. But by year five or six, he's not going to be worth the money he's got right now.
0: Yeah, it's it's a good move, and I don't I don't want to knock the Blue Jays because – Let's say Springer goes to your team. That that's that's good. You're happy. George Springer, he's a good outfielder, right? But I I remember talking to somebody. I don't remember who it was. It was about it was when Springer signed, I believe. And I asked him. I was like, "Who would you take? Springer or Will make you?" And he thought for a second and was like, "Will make you. I take what make you." And I I agree. And it's not just because like oh, he hits better, all oh, he plays better. Springer plays all three outfield positions, right? But he plays them at a subpar level. Will make you play third, second, and first, all at a Gold Glove level, and that that that's valuable. I mean, obviously hitting is more important than defense, especially in the big leagues. If you can't hit, you're not going to succeed. But to be able to play three infield positions every single day, wherever Skip puts you, you're going to play and you're going to play great.
1: That's value. Oh, for sure. He's a valuable player because he can play every spot in the outfield and he can also play DH. I, I, I could definitely see him. Um, I could definitely see him splitting time between the outfield and DH. I don't think he's going to be an everyday center fielder, right fielder, or left fielder. Uh, but that's just the versatility that someone like Springer brings. And like I mentioned earlier, he brings a lot of championship experience regardless of whether or not that regardless of the cheating they still won the championship in 2017 the astros did, and that's still championship experience you could just put an asterisk next to it if you want
0: yeah uh good move but something that needs to be acknowledged is steve cohen was asked uh earlier because obviously it, it was between the mets and the blue jays on who was gonna sign george springer and This is a good job by Cohen to hold off. And he said earlier, I'm not going to spend like a drunken sailor. We mentioned this on the show a little bit earlier. Uh, If you hear some noise in the back, that is my dog's barking. But uh, he said, I'm not going to spend like a drunken sailor. And I think the owner, I wouldn't say spent like a drunken sailor, but definitely spent a little bit too much. And this is a good move that that obviously won't be talked about um, by Steve Cohen because he didn't make the move. But I, I think him not making the move in the long run will benefit the Mets.
1: One hundred percent. I think the Mets have already done a lot this offseason to help improve the team. And yes, they're a big market team, but they didn't really need a guy like George Springer. They I mean, I know they're still in the mix for uh what's his name? Trevor Bauer, but they did they got a big bet in Francisco Lindor anyways. They didn't need another guy like George Springer.
0: Yeah, I think this also helps them extend a Francisco Lindor or a Michael Conforto because those guys are going to be free agents. And if you go out and sign Springer, that's kind of like saying goodbye to Conforto. And obviously we know that that Steve Cohen wants to re-sign Lindor and we don't know if Lindor wants to be a med. But if Lindor plays one year, in in the Mets uniform and then go somewhere else and some of the players that they dealt turn out to be pretty nice the Cleveland wins the trade they need to keep Francisco Gullendor that is the number one priority for the New York Mets and the number two priority is Michael Conforto and signing Springer to a deal like the deal that he got would not allow you to do that this is a warning we're going to be talking about the Jared Porter news so if you don't like that please skip forward if you feel uncomfortable staying on the topic of the Mets I feel like it's just something we have to address we didn't even put it in the notes but um Jared Porter sent 62 uh text messages to a foreign reporter um she's now not in the game of baseball because she was too scarred for it obviously two white males you know we never I've never experienced something like that I'm I'm 13 turning 14, Nick, I don't know if you have, but it's terrible that this is happening in the game of baseball. And baseball is a boys club. I mean, it is what it is. Like we just got our first female GM and she spent years and years and years getting to where she was. And for Jared Porter to send 62 texts in a row, like if I'm crushing on a girl and you know, you don't text her you know i think two times is like okay three times fine four times you're a little weird five times is the max but 62 times i i was talking with my parents i was like how many times you think he texted her my mom was like 30 62 times is ridiculous man and to send pictures of your willy Wong, like i just i it doesn't make sense i i don't understand you have to know the position that you're in it's disgusting
1: you know it's very unfortunate and the sad thing is we know it happens much more than what's reported it doesn't get out there and a lot of the reason is for whatever reason i think that females feel like when they speak up they feel like they're going to be dismissed and they're going to be bullied and harassed and all that and i mean the, the times especially with the times we live in now that's stuff that nobody should accept whatsoever regardless of the times no one should ever have to. i mean regardless of the time but even more so now is what i'm saying right. like at time we progressively gotten better at not accepting stuff like that but it's sad and there's still a lot of discrimination that goes around that we don't know of that's unheard of because people are scared to speak up and i do hope this incident opens the eyes of other people and allows them to Speak up because this is not the only incident, and this will not be the last incident. I do not believe.
0: And it was reported that this reporter, who, who is is going to remain nameless, I believe, went to somebody with the Cubs because that's who Jerry Porter was with at the time, and, and said something to the guy. And the guy said, "I'm not going to pick a side." That guy needs to. That guy needs to get fired too because that doesn't fly. Man, I don't like if, if somebody comes to me and is like, "Hey, X is doing this." Like you go say something to the guy or, or you say something to somebody in the higher ups that that will take care of it, because that's not okay. And the guy that dismissed it, whoever that is, they they need to so he needs to be he or she needs to be identified and they need to get
1: fired. Because that's not okay. It's not. I don't understand people that just, they, they can't just believe what a person says. Like, just take someone for their word at first. It, it, my thing is, like, if someone, if someone were to approach me and say, oh, so-and-so sent me this, or so-and-so said that, or they did this to me, why would I not believe them? Plus, secondly, if I don't believe them, then I'm dismissing their feelings. And, like, so you you have to step in and there has to be someone that says no this can't happen we can't have this and if if that person isn't going to do it then they should be booted as well not just not just the person who sent the text but the person who also didn't pick a side which you shouldn't pick a side you should just the side that you should be on is the person who made the accusations and then open the investigation but i i agree you mentioned
0: acknowledging somebody's feelings i i've been doing therapy and this is going to be me opening up a little bit i've been doing therapy for for a long time and uh for a long time i was no this is this i don't like therapy it's a waste of my time and you know it's a waste of my parents money and and over time as as i've matured as a person and i i think i've begun to take it a little bit more seriously i've realized that that going to therapy doesn't mean that you're a bad person, or that that you're mentally unstable. it means that you're smart because you're you're trying to get help from people that know more than you or, or trying to find another side and something i was I was taught in therapy, so i I know my therapist may or may not listen to this podcast um Dr. Jessica. if you're listening hi um but something- something that I was taught was it was validation and validating somebody's feelings is so important. When, when I go up to somebody, and, and especially now, uh, it's, it, the thing is that guys can't show weakness, and guys can't say, guys can't cry, and you have to be a man, you have to be tough about it. And, and personally, I was, never, I was never raised that way. I don't think that's the right way to be raised, but hey, to each their own. When somebody opens up, like this woman did to this executive, who i'm gonna i'm gonna guess it was a guy i'm going to I, maybe i shouldn't make that guess but whoever this person was they opened up to this executive or this person in the higher ups and and was vulnerable to them and they did not acknowledge their feelings they didn't validate them so to speak and that that's not okay that's not that's not something that should be okay that's not something that should be tolerated in baseball in life in general that's not okay
1: you know i just i really hate the stigma of people that are like you've got to go by the status quo you can't show emotion you can't say this you can't say that like there is a difference between validating someone's feelings and then a difference between just being a hateful person like not believing in okay let, let's I'm, i don't want to get into detail but let's just quickly mention equal marriage. If someone is against equal marriage, you can dismiss them from for that because that is that that's not okay. That that's a human right. But there's a difference between them listening out listening to someone else and if they make an accusation like that. Like that that's just that's not okay. And I've never been raised to dismiss feelings. I've never been raised to say for people to say it's not okay for guys to show emotion. And I've been to therapy too as well. My takeaway from therapy is always been that i'm never going to fully recover from what i'm going to therapy for but i'm going to learn how to cope with it whether that's showing emotion or whether that's whatever it may be and it also talking it also just helps me understand other people better and i think the times we're in now especially the past year mm-hmm. i've learned a lot more about people and understanding other people more than i ever have in my entire life
0: yeah, uh, I'm. I'm sorry for uh, getting a little bit serious, but I mean that's sometimes the the way of the world. This, uh, you know, the podcast is something that uh, we do for fun and that we enjoy making, and we try to be fun, we try to be happy, and and uh, you know, I try to be silly sometimes. But it's it's really a, a matter that needs to be discussed. It needs to be taken seriously, and. I don't think Jared Porter will ever find a job in Major League Baseball again. I don't think he should find a job in Major League Baseball again. Whether he's a good GM or not, he, he's – I'm not – I don't want to go as far as saying he's a bad person because people make mistakes, but, man, you really fucked this one
1: up, dude. He really did. Um, yeah, And, you know, he made a mistake, but what we can do and what we're doing now is that we're – the best we can do is acknowledge it was a mistake and – we can learn from it and having this, having this platform, like you said, as much as we want to have fun and be silly and stuff like that, there are certain things that you just have to talk about that are serious when it comes to things like this. And it allows people to, you know, really, really hear what other people are thinking that not everyone is okay to say.
0: All right, uh, let's change gears to Michael Brantley. And, and I'm sorry if, you know, our, our tone of voice or our morale is a little bit lower going forward. But, yeah, you know, it's not something that you go from, hey, hi, I'm having a great day to, you know, this isn't okay. And then, hey, I'm having a great day. I'm, I'm not a person who, who can change emotions quickly like that. But uh, we'll move on to Brantley. Uh, Blue Jays reporter Hazel May tweeted that the Jays got Brantley on a three-year deal. That was January 20th. Ken Rosenthal, Bleacher Report, Jeff Passan, and John Heyman all confirmed this via Twitter. Four hours later, Brantley signs a deal with Houston for two years, $32 million. And this is just – I mean, I don't really know what happened here. Maybe it was Brantley's agent telling everyone, yeah, 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 the deal's done so he could get some some more attention from Houston. I don't really know what happened here.
1: I don't either. What what this reminded me of, though, I know you're an NBA fan. I immediately thought of – what's his name? I immediately thought of DeAndre Jordan from a couple years ago when it was – Announced verbally that he had agreed to deal with the Dallas Mavericks. I think it was like a three-four year deal, and then days later he's back with the Clippers. So I mean, this happened a lot faster. It was like Michael Br- in the morning. It was like Michael Brantley is going to the Blue Jays, joining jo- George Springer. They're great friends. And then it later that day, it was like Michael Brantley is back with the Astros. So yeah, I mean, you know, it's weird. It's a, it was a weird situation for sure.
0: Obviously, you and I aren't close to the game. I mean, like, you know, we don't have relationships with these reporters and whatever. If there are any listening, DM us on Instagram or Twitter. We will talk about that later in the show. Um, But, you know, we don't have that much insight. It's just interesting. I I mean, when somebody's about to go somewhere and then they dip and go somewhere else. Well, I'll read you some of Brantley's numbers. Cause you know, he's a very good player. The top three, all the last three all-star games he's participated in. Um, he's been top three in batting average in the American league over the past two years. So I, I mean, Brantley's, his persona is he's a contact hitter with sneaky pop. And I think he'll convert more into a DH after these two years, most likely. And, um, his approach to hitting will age well, like Mayhew, like guys that are more contact hitters that, that do have a little bit of pop in that bet. They will age well because he hits the ball hard, and he. I mean, he's not looking to go 7,000 feet every time. He's looking to put bat on ball and get a hit.
1: Yes, Michael Brantley is going to be another one of those guys that's going to age like fine one, like you said a couple of weeks ago about DJ Lemayhew. But he's also very underrated. I think uh, there was one year where he was out like the whole year when he was still with Cleveland, and people just kind of forgot about him. And then he went over to the Astros, and he actually had a great season. I know, it, I think it was the year after the Astros won the World Series, I believe. But yes. he had a great season. That that was a steal for the Astros at the time. Like nobody even talked about it. But Michael Brantley is still one of the best outfielders in the game i'm not going to say like top three top five top ten that's a little ridiculous but he's still one of the best but he is very much underrated and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he is not a power hitter just like dj LeMahieu. i feel like both of those guys are overrated because they're not power hitters uh
0: yeah um you know he he's a lifetime 297 hitter so he he's he's a 300 hitter he gets on base three and a half times out of ten. I mean, he's a good player. He's very good. He, he's he's underappreciated. He does well whenever he does. He keeps his head up. He's good in the locker room. His teammates love him. Never heard a bad thing about the guy. This is a good move for Cleveland. I mean, Excuse me, this is a good move for Houston.
1: <laughs> for sure. And I I don't think Houston is a contending team next year. But... Especially because, I think, remember Justin Verlander? He had Tommy John surgery. They also lost Garrett Cole to the Yankees. I don't know what's up with Lance McCullers and Colin MaHugh right now. But the Astros are still a playoff team at the very least, I believe. Yeah, and
0: Brantley will, will help them get there, I, I suppose. But anyway, let's keep it going. Topic four. NL Central West List. This will be kind of quick because this, in my opinion, is the weakest division in all of baseball. So let, let's just kind of rapid fire these things. Chicago Cubs, that'll be their top prospect, Nico Horner. Uh, they want positive progression out of that kid. And they got to find trades for Chris Bryant and Wilson Contreras because, let's face it, they're not going to re sign. And these are guys who have high trade value and they got to get out of there.
1: Yeah, I feel like Chris Bryan is actually one of those real like hit-and-miss guys. Like, I feel like when he first came into the league, he was very, very hyped. He hasn't been that good. I mean, he's been really solid, don't get me wrong. He just hasn't been to the level of the hype that people were talking about him. And I think he's been a relative disappointment to the team, although he did make the final out in the 2016 World Series. But... I kind of, in a weird way, like, did Chris Bryant already peak? Yeah, he might have peaked his rookie year when he won MVP. So That's what I'm thinking. I'm not sure that there's another level in him. I mean, there's another level down in him. There's another level down in everyone, but he peaked in that MVP rookie season. All right, let's move
0: on to the Cardinals. This is a team that we've mentioned earlier that they'll always find some way to compete and win cuz they're just that organization, but they got to resign Colton Wong. Why they non-tenured him? I I really don't know, but maybe they get him back on on a cheap deal and there's really not much to say about that. So, moving on from the Cardinals, we'll go to the Reds and this is a team that It's unfortunate they're a small market team and they can't get Bauer back and they're going to look to trade Moustakis and Castellanos.
1: I actually kind of disagree here. Like, I kind of feel like the Reds can still compete. I just feel like the issue with them is that they pitch in a hitter's ballpark. They're uh, like... They had, uh, what's his name, Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer wasn't that good when, uh, excuse me. Yes, Trevor Bauer was not that good when he was with the Reds. He was traded over from Cleveland, and he just wasn't that good. I feel like their big disadvantage is that they are in a hitter's park. But I would give it another year with those guys before thinking about moving them, especially because they have uh, Suarez as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean,
0: I would too, but the GM has said he's actively looking for trades. So, you know, <laughs> Hey, you can
1: take that whatever way you interpret it. Some people interpret it as they're I'm they're contending. You. Some people interpret it as we're selling.
0: Exactly. All right, Brewers, trade Josh Hader. Hader's been on the trade deadline for three years. It's been rumored to the Yankees, been been rumored to, to almost all team ever. Um, you know, They got to get him out of there because they're not going to win now. And other than Josh Hader, they got to fix Christian Yelich. I really am going to chalk up his bad 2020 season to 2020. Nick?
1: Yeah. I do believe that Christian Yelich is still a great player, and it's really hard to judge people uh, on, on a, in a very short season. Uh, and Josh Hader was not that good last year. I don't know. Like, I, he's been overworked the past couple of years. He reminds me a lot of Kenley Jansen. So I don't know. Maybe he's already had his best years behind him. But I think if Christian Yelich returns to his MVP form, then I – do you believe the Brewers are another potential wildcard team again? I mean, actually they they were in the hunt last year. I know I know the playoffs were expanded last year, but they were in it to the end. So yeah, whatever.
0: Uh Pirates. Pirates. Yeah, this is in my opinion this is the most exciting team in baseball. Um I think that they're the prime contenders for the 2021 World Series championship. Um i uh, i yeah this team i don't i don't know how they could get much better
1: they don't i mean they actually like just traded jameson tyon to the new york yankees a very very solid pitcher but um yeah This team, i I don't know and they traded josh bell they got rid of joe musgrove there's so not he, much to say about this squad
0: uh we'll talk about know. talion in a later episode um trust me we will okay yankees fan we will um but yeah that, that'll that do it for our nl central wish list and that'll do it for today's episode of the baseball plug thank you everybody for listening i'm your host Micah fleischman and I'm Nicholas Bear. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Micah underscore zero four one six. That is at M I C A H underscore zero four one six. And on Instagram at E N V Y M I C A H. That is
1: at N V Micah at E N V Y M I C A H. And you can follow me on Twitter at Nicholas Bear seven. That's N I C H O L A S b-a-e-r and the number seven and on instagram at nicholas golfer that's n-i-c-h-o-l-a-s-g-o-l-f-e-r as always thanks for tuning
0: in everybody peace out thanks for listening to today's episode of the baseball plug podcast i'm your host michael fleshman if you did enjoy please leave a review down below it really lets us know how we're doing and as always take care